One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The TalkSport Daily podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent a Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Thursday. Welcome to yet another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein, not Jim White, not Natalie Sawyer either, or even Tricky Trevor Sinclair. Oh, no siree, because they are up first on the podcast. Yes, it's, well, I've just told you Jim White, Natalie Sawyer, and um, yeah, Trevor Sinclair. Anyway, they discussed the rumours that Pep Guardiola, or Guardiola, as people are bizarrely calling him nowadays, may be set for a return back home to Barcelona, or Barcelona, as Andy Brassel says. Man City legend, who wrote that? Former City player Trevor Sinclair thinks the rumours could be true. Juan Laporta, I've met this man, very impressive individual, uh, one-time president of Barcelona, but in the running again. And he's saying, look, if I get the votes I need and I get a second spell as president, I want Pep back. We want him back. Are you beginning to get worried, Trevor? Absolutely. You know, I think it, it kind of all the time scale. Um, 2021 when Pep's contract finishes um, he'll want to finish the job and, and win the Champions League with Manchester City but he may not be able to do that depending on what happens with the UEFA ban um, but you look at this man uh, very impressive he's a lawyer um, he went in there and, and Pep was I think Pep was doing the youth team at the time um, and he put Pep up into the first team and 14 trophies in four years later what an amazing partnership so you don't have that kind of partnership with a person a club that you love, you know, Catalonia through and through, uh, Pepe's. If you go away, I think your heart will always try and bring you back home. And I think if there's one person that can get uh, Pep Guardiola back to Barcelona, it's uh, Juan Laporta. Now we can hear from the wonderful Laura Woods, who was joined on the TalkSport Breakfast Show by double Ashes winner Freddie Flintoff and former England striker Darren Bent. They had rock and roll superstar Noel Gallagher on as a guest, and he disagreed with Trevor. Here he is talking about Sergeant Pep. I'm not sure Pep's like that. I, he strike, I mean, I kind of know him a little bit. He strikes me as someone who's very, very loyal. He's not a mercenary. I don't think the players are like that either. I mean, I mean, you never know, but it's a shame because the last two games I went to was the, the Villa Cup final before that was in the Bernabeu when City beat and it felt like it was going to be our year this year you know what I mean with all the things that had happened yeah. with Tottenham and all that it felt that that game that we'd won was a bit of a, a landmark but if we get banned for two years I mean you can't sugarcoat it it's going to be a disaster you know for buying players and if players are under contract and although players have got the power I'm not sure they can just like walk out but the people at the club seem pretty confident they're going to kind of overturn it, so we have to wait and see what Staying with breakfast, here's Benty saying a lot of footballers will be happy with Danny Rose's recent comments. And I'm guessing we're going to play a clip now of Benty saying a lot of footballers will be happy with Danny Rose's recent comments. 
There's going to be loads out there that are going to be thinking, well, I don't really feel comfortable going back, but I don't really, really, really want to come out and say it. And that's, to be fair, has been a positive throughout Danny Rose's career, I think, is that whenever he's felt a certain way or he's not agreed with something, he's been out there and he's just come out and said it. Now, as I said, the wording is wrong about the whole morale, but the message is clear, and I think the message is the right one, that he's saying he doesn't feel comfortable coming back because people are still dying out there. And as I said, if you want an open and honest opinion from any footballer out there, you go to Danny Rose because he'll tell you exactly how he feels. Now, in contrast to Bentley's views, here's the Times journalist and former Olympian Matthew Saeed. He came on the mid-morning show to explain his column in the paper that is headlined, Is it fair to put lives at risk for football? On balance, yes. Matthew argued it's financially unsustainable for footballers only to agree to go back when there is no risk of catching the coronavirus. The Office for National Statistics provides a weekly update of the fatalities in England and Wales. I think there have been 29 deaths of people under the age of 30 since the outbreak up until May the 1st. Um, but that, of course, is, is absolutely tragic for each one of those. But there are very close to 20-odd million people under the age of 30 in this country, so it works out as about one a million. There will be more, by the way, if we ease lockdown restrictions. More people will die. But the government is making a decision. You have to make a decision. If you sustain the lockdown, as I say, the economy, you know, the furlough scheme is going to cost $100 billion by October, possibly more. Um, the uh, drop in GDP is going to be vast. And we pay for all of the things we value out of that money. Football contributes over $3 billion to the Exchequer every year. And it is simply unsustainable for footballers uh, who are marvellously talented players to say, we will only return when there is zero risk. Yes. There will never be zero risk. So you've got to do, it's, it's about managing risk. And I'm very curious, I suppose like you are, to see the modelling, the assumptions, the risk assessment, how they're going to conduct social distancing, how the tests are going to be sourced. All of those things need to be looked at. But the idea that there has to be zero risk shouldn't be true for any profession, let alone football. And staying with the mid-morning show, this is the former Manchester City and Chelsea winger Sean Wright Phillips on the racist abuse suffered by his father, Ian Wright, on social media. It has touched him, as it would anybody in that situation. But um, he's taking the right steps in um, getting the matter dealt with. That's, that's the only thing with social media. It, it kind of opens a pathway for people to feel like they can just say whatever they want to you without thinking about it or really, till now, suffering the consequences of their action. If somebody sends me a message and it's abusive, if I tend to just flick past it, I don't even read. I just get to like the first two lines and I like, all right, it's just not even worth it. I just mm -hmm. don't look at them because I, I don't want to, like what happened to my dad, it gets to a point where, all right, I'm going to have to say something now. And I tried my hardest to basically avoid getting in that situation. But I think if that had come up on my feed, I would have done exactly the same thing and got the authorities involved to deal with the situation so it could be stopped somewhere along the line. Now, the Bundesliga is back this weekend after its break, of course, due to coronavirus. Hurrah! Football's back! Yeah, it is indeed. Adrian and Goffey spoke to the former Bayern Munich midfielder Owen Hargreaves ahead of its return and said the world is watching German football. Of course, only people involved in football will be watching it. My wife couldn't give a monkey's. I think the NBA, they're going to wait and see how, how this goes as well. So everybody's going to watch and see. Uh, and I think the Bundesliga, not to say they're going to get everything's going to be right, but I'm sure they'll, they'll try and tweak it along the way because 
as, as you said before, it's not all going to run as smoothly as, as I think people hope. I mean, I've been fortunate to live in a lot of places in my life. And uh, obviously, it was a great, great learning curve for me from 16 to 26. And they do everything by the book. So I'm sure they would have tried to, you know, check it as much as possible. But I think even you'll see with what happened with Dresden, their whole team's in quarantine for two weeks. Their games have been postponed until that, until that happens. So there's obviously, it's, it's not going to be smooth sailing. You've seen that in that situation. But what I think what they're trying to sh- do is, is, is get the football back on the pitch because if not then I think there'd be 15 or 16 teams in the first and second division that would be bankrupt by the summer you know and then all of a sudden who's going to bail them out all the job losses that go with that forget only the football but within the stadium so I think they're trying to get back and play obviously behind closed doors and just hopefully it can go as well as possible and try and control the environment but I, to answer your question I don't think anybody thinks anything's a certainty right now. And staying with Owen Hargreaves, here he is recalling Manchester United's Champions League final victory over Chelsea in 2008 in a penalty shootout. Sorry, I was just watching John Terry step up. All the boys in the Chelsea team knew me really well. You know, John Terry, Frank Lampard, Ashley Cole, Balak from my Bayern time. So as I walked up, they were all pointing top left where I always go. And I thought, they're going to tell Czech where I'm going. So as I walked up on the walk, I thought, right, I'm going to... It's amazing how your brain works. Right, I'll go bottom right, you know, just to, <laughs> like it's that obvious. And as I walked up, I looked at check in the goal. I thought, that goal looks tiny. Right, i got to just do what I do, you know, trust my penalty like the gaffer said. And sure enough, that's what I did. So uh, I think it's easy, even for the great ones. You know, you get up there, you can change your mind. But, you know, you've got to trust your technique. It's not, a, it's not physically a hard thing to do, is it, to take a penalty. But taking into all the pressure, it's like trying to hit a big putt. You know, when you're having a round of golf with your mates, you know what I mean? Sometimes you think too much and you miss. Mr. Chelsea, who has felt the pain of the semi-final defeats in the Champions League for Chelsea, has the chance to win the Champions League for Chelsea. And it's a chance that has passed him by and the agony is there again. What did you think when John Terry slipped, he hit the post, and then he was on the floor? He was distraught, wasn't he? I mean, to oh, miss I mean, we, Champions League we were final. To- we were together three days later when we had a game at Wembley against the US with England with Capello at the manager at the time. So it's, it's difficult. You know, you're sitting at one table, 25 guys, a few of them had won, you know, quite a few had lost, you know. And so it's, it's a shame because, you know, and, you know, John was in my England under 21 team as a kid, you know, so we obviously come a long way playing together and against each other. And you, as much as you, it's a shame because only one team can win. But you, the first thing you're excited that you won, but then you think of you think of him as well, you know, because you work your whole life to have a moment like that. And you know, it's flip a coin on penalties. You know, it can go it can go your way. I can't. And I've been fortunate to have success on penalties in in club football, but the opposite in international football, where we always got knocked out with England. So I know what it feels like, and uh, I felt for JT because as much as we won, you know, it's it's almost. Not really football, I feel like sometimes a penalty shootout. You know, it's, it's almost like flipping a coin. Final question on this. I mean, you, with regard to your penalty, you lifted it. We all know, whatever level you play, if you lift a penalty, then things get a little bit hairy. So were you nervous at all? or was That's what you always do, isn't it? Yeah, no, I, I, I did that every day for a month and I, I didn't miss. I didn't miss. I remember Giggsy, I did a show with Giggsy the other day and he said, he said, you were the one no one I wasn't nervous about. You, you know, I, did, I had no worries. So... But to be fair, you're right. If you, if you lift it too much, it can go over, you know. And I just try to think of it like hit a free kick. You know, you see Harry Kane, he does the same, but probably hits it a bit lower into the side netting, you know. I, I'm not a fan of hitting it low because I think the keepers dive there. If you get a bit of air on it, they rarely jump up. So I just try to smash it as hard as I could with a bit of 
spin on it and hopefully try and keep it down. Back now to the breakfast show. Here's Freddie Flintoff revealing the first thing he's going to do when he's out of lockdown. I mean, it obviously won't be the first thing he's going to do. We Anyway, here's what he said. I'm sure there's so many things I should do and there'll be so many things that are far more worthy than this. I am going to go and have the biggest curry you have ever seen. Really? I'm going to get me tandoori mixed grill. I might even get a starter. I might even get two mixed grills. I'm going to get a mountain of naan bread. I'm going to get the pickle. I'm going to get the onion. I'm not going to use knives and forks. I've planned it. I'm going to have a sweep. Back now to Dol Gallagher, recalling the greatest moment in Man City's history on this day. Well, I mean yesterday. It's now for me because I'm recording this today, but you're listening to this tomorrow, which is your today. So it's actually yesterday. Anyway, here he is. It was exhausting. You know, at, at half-time, Zaba's got the goal just before half-time, and it's like, well, OK, we'll see this out now. And, uh, of course, we're watching it in a huge screen in, a, in an empty bar and it's on ESPN South America so it's with South American commentary right? so they're, they're, they're excitable at the best of times mm. and uh, as the game is just descending into chaos and Joey Barton's getting sent off and we've gone 2-1 down I don't, the, the commentator was, was, was making me more nervous because it was like he was commentating on the end of the world we didn't have a clue what he was saying <laughs> and um, of course the, all of the phones are going and some mates all my mates at the stadium and uh, I did think that once Jekyll got that equaliser and there was like 90 seconds left, somehow I just I just thought we'd do it. But even even when you watch that moment back now, after all these years, it's still, I mean, for City fans, it's still breathtaking. It still makes me go, wow, you know. But it, it's such a great finish because he could have gone down in the area when I think it was uh, one of the players went in for a sliding tackle. Yeah. And he could have gone down. I mean, nerves of steel, that, that lad. And uh, just the greatest moment in the club's history. No, I suppose now for a Manchester City fan, it's, you kind of get used to winning things. The last time I saw you actually in the tunnel, um, and it was at Wembley in the League Cup final, and, and you were having a little moment with Pep Guardiola and you went into the dressing room afterwards um, to chat to the guys. And for mm. uh, being a, a City fan, it must still feel amazing that you get that kind of access and you get to rub shoulders with them. It's on. I mean, I'm like a kid, you know. What I mean, I've I've been everywhere and I've met everyone, right? And I've been in every conceivable situation. But they're your day-to-day heroes, you know. It was a year ago yesterday where we won the league at Brighton and we were in the dressing room then with all the players and they're just real to to have your kids in there and bring your best mates with you. Really, really special. But the the players are, you know, they're a pretty good bunch of lads. You know, they're up for a laugh and all that, and they, and they're great. But to be able to, you know, when they're passing the trophies around, to be there, I'd have supported the club, you know, for nearly, I don't know what it is now, 45 years or something, and all the all the nonsense that went with that through the 80s and 90s. Um, it's a great, it's an amazing feeling. But going back to that moment, can you imagine Can you imagine now, so the Aguero scores the goal, and then they've got to check it on VAR. No, God, <laughs> kill, kill it, wouldn't it? Oh. Imagine that. And, you know... Aguero, imagine him getting booked for taking his shirt off. Did he get booked for taking his shirt off? No, he, would, he probably would have been, letter of law, he would have been booked, but no one's ever going to remember that. Well, Mike Dean would definitely have booked him. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have made a real point yeah, of it yeah, as well, he wouldn't would... he? <laughs>
Back now to Goffey and Durham. They pick their top five on and off field David Beckham moments on their drive time show. Now, one of Adrian's picks was all over David's different haircuts. Darren, of course, wasn't happy with that, though. He's still bitter that Brill Cream changed their mind at the last minute and gave Bex the sponsorship deal instead of him. I've got to be honest, looking back, I think they made the right decision. I was all set to sign that uh, contract he signed. I think he signed a million pound contract with Brill Cream. My uh, contract I got offered was nowhere near that. Let me just assure you that. It was so he nicked your, he nicked oh, your Brill Cream yeah, contract? Oh, yeah, of course he did, mate. He got engaged to Posh Spice. What do you think was going to happen? Um, <laughs> so I was, uh, literally, we were right down the line on that because it had always been Brill Cream, a cricket. It had been Compton, famously, if you remember. Of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the gloves, with the spiked, uh, the green spikes on it. That was one of the shots. And they always wanted originally to carry it on with a cricketer. And I was going to be, I was the man in the moment at that time. I was going to sign that contract, but then Beckham came along, that goal. I think it was that goal that was kind of the catalyst for it. And then obviously going out with, uh, Victoria. Um, and sealed it, which I'm not going to argue with about it. I mean, he was a better Brooklyn boy than I ever would have been. So <laughs> the irony was that he shaved all his hair off at one point. Oh, no. In fact, with that moment, he nearly lost it. In the end, he, he was the yeah, still sponsored by Brooklyn. I was actually at the original press conference when he was announced as the new Brooklyn man. In it was in London. It was just off Tottenham Court Road. Yep. I was doing news at the time, and it was a massive news story that he'd signed this contract. That's how big David Beckham was. And last, but by no means least, I said the word last quite nicely there. Last! Like a villain in a... Last, Mr. Bond! Anyway, last, last, but by no means least, it's the best bits of my show, the Sports by Andy Goldstein's one, Monday to Thursday from 10pm. Pin back your luggles and listen to what was a fantastic sports bar. One of the highlights being, of course, the second quarter final of the Sports Bar Cup between the fruits and the vegetables. I'm hoping Tom, the producer, puts some of that in. There's been an incident. Beaky, what's happened? Yes, a very controversial incident in this game because Banana has bent a shot into the goal for fruit, but Vegetables are adamant that another fruit player was offside, interfering with the goalkeeper Cabbage's line of sight of the ball. Now, fruit are going nuts, and they think the referee may be uh, turning to the VAR boys here. I think that might be happening because uh, the fruit team are saying to them, you've got to uh, really have a look at this again. You've got to monitor there what do you think i've got to tell you mate he looks it's, it's marginal it is, is he in the line close. of cabbage well, is he in the line of cabbage that's, that's the, the question that's the argument yeah and the referee has turned back and it isn't going to stand so yeah, that yeah. goal in inverted yeah. commas is disallowed and i have to say i've seen it on my screen now yeah, and yeah. I, I think that was the right decision who directed the titanic luther vendros finished the james bond title <laughs> gold Helmet. <laughs> How many films in the Godfather trilogy? None. <laughs> what is Jaws? <coughs> it's a clownfish. How does Freddy Krueger attack his victims? With his feet. <laughs> Well, that's it for another podcast. Good work. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you've enjoyed it. A reminder, you can download previous or future podcasts simply by going to Acast, Spotify or Apple Pods. It really is that simple if you know what you're doing. If you don't know what you're doing, it's 
really difficult. Anyway, I'll be back tonight. That's Thursday night from 10pm for the last sports bar of the week. Oh, can't you do seven days a week? No chance. Why? You're on lockdown. You're not doing anything else. No, I'm not doing anything else. You're absolutely right. But um, I think five nights is enough. No, seven or even eight if there was an eighth day. Maybe being stupid. That's it. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. Keep your distance. Wash your hands and above all, gang, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.